0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Effort of Community Church weekly podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Hey, of Community Church, so great to be with you. I hope your week's off to a great start. Also, hope that you are warm. <laughs> Thank goodness. I'm not sure when you're going to be watching this, but going to warm up later this week. We're thrilled to have that. I'm also thrilled to have Dan Golnick here with us. Dan was our minister this last weekend in our God God Is series. Just to let you know, uh, the God Is series is getting at the nature and character of God. If you've been a part of our fasting prayer booklet time, you would recognize that we're going through the different features that make up God's nature and God's character. In other words, how he decides to use his nature as his character and uh, we are into some exciting stuff. Dan hit one of my favorites. I think it's favorite for so many, that scene where Hagar said, uh, says, the God who sees me. Uh, I always say this, that there, in all of the Bible, no one is talked to by God. No woman is talked to by God more than Hagar, which is an yeah. awful fun little fact. If you just total the words I did at one time, That's she. Wild. I think she's 30% more than any other person, which is neat for someone who's... That for God to feature someone who's just struggling on the run, yep, been hurt by people, totally yeah. can pull off a victim mentality, and God comes and actually kind of aligns all that. Just love
1: that story, yeah, man. It's tough.
0: Did, you, did you know from the beginning you wanted to do that one? Or?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, um, when Kevin asked about, uh, he had originally assigned a topic, right, and so, uh, yeah. uh, and that was the story that. Really, I wanted to teach around the topic. And then when he said, no, actually, I want you to do a personal thing, um, I was like, well, this is still the topic. So, yeah. you know, so just a line from the beginning.
0: Yeah, just to remind you all, that is something we're up to in these God Is series is we're, for a number of weeks, here sharing out of personal encounters with God that not just we've had, but are so reflected in the scriptures. Yeah. And uh, so I just thought it was wonderful. Um, Hey, what kind of feedback did you get? What uh, people saying?
1: <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think that uh, just being able to share out of my experience allowed a lot of people to find common threads. And so uh received a lot of feedback from people who have had similar experiences. Uh, and around, you know, the different points that I brought up, people would have connected with uh, one or two of the points more than others. But I I would say, at least from my experience, which I have not communicated from the platform uh, that often in the little over a year i've been here but it's certainly the most feedback i've received yeah. and and i really think that uh for some people there was healing for some people they you know they felt seen by god but yeah. also the uh one person said to me um you used language to how i was feeling that i did not have language for yeah. but as you spoke it i was like that's exactly how i'm feeling yeah. um so that i mean that's that's great. And I hope, I, I believe that person was found healing in it, in, in the message and that God met her in that. So, uh, yeah, really special. Another thing that was just, uh, personally, uh, feedback that was special to me was that, um, When you when you share vulnerability like that, people really feel like they know you better. And so there was a ton of people that just came up to me, and I heard this like five or six times this weekend, where people are like, you know, I really feel like you're one of us now, (laughs) like one of us, meaning one of the community. Mm -hmm. And not that I wasn't before, but that was just a general sense that they had. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I feel like that too. Like I said, being here uh, a little over a year, and so, but it was just really special. Um, cause you know, this is where I'm called to shepherd. This is my home. This is my church family. So the fact that people are feeling that now as well, uh, was really special.
0: No, no, I hear you. And that's, yeah. that is gorgeous. And I think partly too is, uh, and just so you know, as an audience, like if when you're off at seminary and you're being trained in how to steward a community, you are given training on how often to do self-disclosure, meaning yeah. unpacking full parts of your life and what that does and doesn't do in a community over time. So just so you know, you ever want to pick our brains on that. And by the way, just because you're trained that way, we hope that's the combined wisdom of years of people ministering the front, but doesn't automatically mean that there aren't times when you do do deep right. stories like you did. I just know for myself too, there was a real connection with this community, when Rachel and I told the story of Renner and our yeah, miscarriages, right, and then I too remember hearing like, "Oh, now I feel like I get you," right, and it's, <laughs> you, you kind of sit there and go like, "What's the other stuff I've been throwing That's out? Like exactly chop suey or something, that. right?" Like, yeah. uh, I swore I was being open and transparent. My other stuff too, but yeah. there is something about when we, when we unpack these stories of vulnerability and then yeah. admitting. Hey, I was disoriented. I think mm-hmm. there's such a beautiful admission that comes with. there was a real disorientation that set in. Even to use that word depression, I think, was a really wise thing mm-hmm. to do because I, I, I want the church to become more and more comfortable yeah. with terms that are clearly uh, concepts that you see in the scriptures. We just might have a different term for them. Now, right. you look at some of David's stuff, you're looking at someone oh, yeah. who was hitting a wall in his interior life, not just in his worldview on um, how he understood the world. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I just, I'm so glad that uh, people connected with that stuff. Yeah. Um, the way, what, by the way, any thoughts on that? Because if not, I'm going to share with you what came to mind as I was listening to you share. Do it, brother. Yeah, I know. I've just, <laughs> I've started there and started preaching. It's, it's all, all good. It's all good. Um, I think I'm a nerd when it comes to, sometimes when I'm listening to people speak, I just have these couple tracks that are going on in my head at the exact right. same time. And one of them is this. Man, what would that story have meant to the readers in that day? Cause you know that Yeah. I mean, Moses when he put that thing down um in into print, um, and he had to have done it with God met him and pretty much told him the story. I mean, yeah. Moses doesn't have a deep history of That's Abrahamic right. covenant and understanding, right? Yep. So you end up having this um reality that uh Moses is hearing the story, Moses is putting it into print and so I'm thinking in Moses's day, what would it have meant to see Hagar name the God, the God who sees, right? Yeah. Because the the dominant religions of that day would have been about making it so God didn't see you. It's called right. religions of appeasement. You're trying yeah. to get God away from you by doing sacrifice or something. If you could slip under the radars of the gods so they didn't, they actually didn't mess with your life, yeah. that was a true religion in that day. Right. So to have a God who a religion of atonement, or what you call talking about intimacy yep. there at yeah. the end, this would have been absolutely mind blowing to the religious yeah. worldview of the day, right? Yeah. much less using a mm-hmm. a slave person from from Egypt, Egypt right? right? Someone who's outside <laughs> even the covenants. Um, actually, well, actually, and, 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 the covenants and, have, yeah
1: well, especially as he's leading people who were enslaved by Egypt. Yeah, so oh, I mean, word. think about that. I you're mean, right. oh my
0: word, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Moses is writing this to a <laughs> so, people who would have been like. Why is an Egyptian getting such a center stage here? Right. I have a lot of post traumatic stress from that. Yeah,
1: I'm not even Over. sure if I feel so bad for. Her, right, like I'm, I, you know, who oh, yeah. knows? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think that um, that is an interesting thought. I think that uh, you know, we are, we know that Moses' relationship with God, maybe that would make sense. But the reality is, which we've been talking about, like even last year mm. with uh, what we shared before Christmas, right? Uh, people's uh, the the Israelites people who who wanted to keep God at arm's length, right? Moses, you go to and him,
0: worship at the entrance of their tent, right? Others are going out to the tent and meeting, right?
1: And it's just interesting, you know, just to kind of, you know, to re, not to retell my story or anything like that, but just to reflect. I think we do the same thing, mm-hmm. and I think the the whole thing that God doesn't see us, uh, we may not, I, we may not personally draw that line, but we operate as if. Like, he's, he's other. He's out there. Yeah. He, he doesn't know what's going on, whether that's in hiding or in, in striving, those things I mentioned, where we keep him at arm's length, or we, we actually operate as if he is mm-hmm. uh, far away. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know what Moses was thinking, but Moses had an experience with God where it was face-to-face uh, as one meets with their, with his friend. And right. so um, I, w- I would like to believe, to use my holy imagination, that Moses... Uh, Moses was enjoying that story and to share that story in a way where here's a slave that actually got to know God personally. Um, And as God was moving the Israelites through 40 years of getting Egypt out of them, as they were coming out of Egypt, uh, it could have probably been a powerful story for them as well.
0: Yeah, it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And I do think I want to get to your three, like, stop this stop striving etc <laughs> yeah. you know i just I, I i do think that um my favorite of that little three you did there to bring uh, to put the meat in in the service of like application to us in the message i think stop striving is key to me in the sense that um when you feel seen um it it it's it it means that I, in the way a father sees you where you know what, there's a sympathy for you, a compassion for you that you find in that. Stop striving, know that you're seen. Yep. Uh, and that's something I think that in this region where we're from, and I, and I don't like to keep speaking things over this tri county region, but there is certainly this sense that I can get closer to God, I, I should get closer to God. I call it, we like to shoot on ourselves. I yeah. should do this, <laughs> I should do that, right? Um, yeah, it's just, uh, there's just this anointing to shoot on ourselves here. Yeah. Um, that i i think that sometimes when we start talking about man don't strive that is hard for people to wrap their heads around it's like no i want more of god it feels like i'm such an active part of the pursuit but when a god sees you the god is giving reminded you first i have eyes of compassion for you and it's demonstrated in the way he approaches hagar it is not mm-hmm. it's an actual inquisitiveness a curiosity yeah. he honors her with like hey where where did you come from where are you going i mean it is such an invitation yes. into a conversation and it's one of the things that I just want to speak over this region is we're be invited into a yep. father's table, a father's conversation, yeah. and and not just about like we should know better than doing this, right? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. just want to let you know that that's that that part of it just stood out.
1: Yeah, know? I I had a lot of feedback from that, and so there, and it isn't. It's just it's a tricky thing, right? Like God's inviting us into partnership in those places, and so it's like, how do we take things to Him, and how do we walk with Him, and uh, what's our part and what's his part? I I think of Dallas Willard, who uh, one of his my favorite uh, lines from him is, you know, the grace is opposed to earning but not to effort. Right. So there is a place that we we take part in and right. uh, accessing the grace that God's given us. But man, we. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, you know steel mill, coal miner, not much different from the farmer mentality and, and the, the of this region and uh, we can get to the place where uh, that effort actually becomes it's all us that's it's right. all on us and 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 that's um yeah it's, I, not, it's not a healthy place to be. The Lord wants to partner with us because he's actually the one that does the work yeah. um. Yeah, and, and I think it's coming out for me in the fast, right?
0: You, you're you're a couple of weeks into a fast, and you learn that fine line between uh, an effort you're giving the Lord, but you know there's not an earning in it. Like in right. other words, what happens during a fast is that yep. there's a refrequencing of of us. Like in other words, we we dial in the dial of the frequency that the Lord's already on. In other words, yeah. he's already working. He's already speaking. So much of our being set apart, or being aware, or yep. being available is simply dialing into the fact that he wants to do it. And I sometimes use that example. I I did it years ago, and people said they appreciated it in the message where I I gave that picture of a a five-gallon bucket with a father and a child walking up to it. And the father is the one lifting that five-gallon bucket full of water, but wouldn't walk unless the child's hand was on the bucket as well. And then the child sometimes will up and says, "Look how much we're carrying, Daddy." And Daddy's like, right. "Yes, we are, right?" That's right. And it's yeah. obviously the muscle of the of the of for me of the father and the the willingness and the availability of the yeah. child. This is this is what I saw all over that. Yeah, and that whole sense of being still and knowing he's God, right? He's yeah, doing the lifting.
1: Absolutely, and. And that's, you know, it's, it's, I think of even my, my, my experience as a dad and anyone who, who is a parent, I'm sure has had these experiences where you see your kids struggling, yeah. uh, even like tying their shoes, right? And they're frustrated, they're, they're struggling. And you're just like, you're standing there and you're like, wouldn't you let me help you? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm right here. Won't you let me help you? And that's, uh, that's where I think our father is sometimes with us. Yeah. Like, I'm right here. I see what you're doing. Like, I see you like, won't you just let me help you? That's right. Well, hey, man,
0: uh, thank you for that. I want to give you, I'm going to set up for where we're headed next week. But in the meantime, I'm going to, my last question is going to be for like, come on, Dan, you had 33 minutes to squeeze (laughs) so much in. Is is there anything you wish you could have spent more time on or you could have added? Or even as you heard feedback, you're like, oh. That was so good to hear that. Rachel does that to me sometimes after my message. She goes, you know where you could have went with that? And you're like, oh, my word, where were you when I was prepping? Yeah. It's like making dinner. So all that to say, um, <laughs> this coming week, while well, Dan's thinking about that question, is a prophetic weekend. First, I want to comment to the services. Uh, uh, Barry Whistler, founding pastor of Ephrata Community Church, mm-hmm. uh, president of HarvestNet International, will be sharing this weekend. Barry going to be spending some time. One of the life messages he carries is around spirit and word that beautiful tension yeah. between our love of the word, our availability to the Holy Spirit. He's particularly going to be going after uh, an ancient heresy known as Gnosticism that he believes is being played out in a new form today. Uh, and so Barry is, I've heard him on this topic before. It's going to be fun to have Barry a part of our prophetic weekend. Tell you more about the prophetic weekend in a moment. But Dan, <laughs> one thing if you could add or
1: uh, yeah. highlight one last time. You know, honestly, I think that... Um I, I feel like I did what the Lord asked me to do. Yeah. And so uh, there's nothing that I think um, I would I would bring other than I think the only thing I, I wish I would have been able to carry in, but, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole different sermon, right? Um, I hate to quote people, but, uh, again, people that have spoken in my life. Uh, Ronald Rollheiser, uh wrote one time, what isn't transformed is transferred. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, one of the reasons I, I get so vulnerable and share the way that God tran- has transformed me, and I think it invites people to take those tough places to the Lord, and and allow Him to transform those places because uh, it allows us to to be better pe- better disciple makers, mm-hmm. better equippers of our kids, better healthier parents. Um, mm-hmm. And healthier spiritual fathers and mothers, and you know i 'll say this as pastor of leadership development like the 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 church has plenty of leaders we don 't have enough spiritual fathers and mothers, and mm-hmm. so to have the ability to take these hard things to the Lord so He can transform them really allows us rather than to transfer our worst to the next generation to really actually give them the opportunity to experience freedom like we have.
0: Yeah, here, here, man. And uh,
1: it's, it's tough work, Yeah, but I, it's worth it.
0: I love that. And just so you know, we are such a community that focuses on transformation, and we don't always know how the Holy Spirit does that. That's one thing I do love about us is we don't have one cookie-cutter <laughs> right. way, like, these three things, dude, these three... Take one steps next, and that's going to produce this in you. And this is, uh, we're we're not trying to create these uh, cookie cutters. We we really do believe in a picture of living stones. If you ever look at a stone wall, you just see these uniquely shaped stones. But I will say this, man, take one step. We try to get at some of this, so please be tuned in yeah. over the next two weeks as we're talking a good bit about take one step, and uh, and what it means to choose one of our discipleship offerings or groups. That's focused on getting around certain types of relationships, certain kinds of content, certain types of impartation, particularly if you're considering like, man, I too don't want to transfer something to the next generation or into my into my immediate family unit. I do want do want to experience some kind of transformation. It's the time to consider taking some step into that right now. But back to the prophetic weekend this weekend. Yeah. It's one of those unique things. Matter of fact, I'll quote Uh, uh, of someone who started to attend here about a year ago. She said, hey, I'm coming here because there's few churches that I believe are willing to step into this where we believe that God's thoughts toward us outnumber the greens of sand on the seashore, and we're saying yes to that, and we're believing that His thoughts aren't just coming when we're in difficulty, etc. We are surrounded by God's thoughts in the same way that my one-year-old son Renner, if only he was tuned into my frequency, would be surrounded by so many thoughts toward him. We believe in that here, and we have an expectation based on God's character that Mm -hmm. He is going to be sharing some things this weekend towards people's lives, individuals, families, ministry uh, perspectives and anointings on people. So we would highly recommend that you come be a part of this weekend. We start by Friday night having a prophetic panel. We decided for our second year in a row not necessarily to bring in what we would call a national or an international prophetic voice, but we have some really beautiful people in this region that carry... Uh, church-based and regional and even national anointings, but they live and know and work among us, live and know us and work among us. And that's going to be a panel on Friday night of Cal Greiner, Wayne Kaufman, Benita Keener, um, and Matt Swords will be stewarding that conversation. Then we have Barry this weekend. We always appreciate when Barry's sharing in our midst. But when it comes to prophetic ministry, uh, our sign-up just passed for being able to sign up for an exact spot where you would be sent during the services to be prayed for in our secondary auditorium but that doesn't mean you still can't get ministry even if you didn't sign up come be a part of it and you can be able to go after the saturday evening service and also the 10 30 service on sunday to be prayed for in our secondary auditorium so deeply
1: appreciate you. any thoughts dan uh, to- my prayer for the weekend is that people actually experience what we just talked about this weekend yeah. right that they receive prophetic ministry and they're like wow god really sees me he sees where i'm in and people are blessed from that and encouraged
0: and I can guarantee you that's going to happen. Yeah. It happens over and over every time we do this. So come be a part of what God's up to this sequence. We appreciate Absolutely. you. Have a great week. Blessings. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and, of course, learn more about us at com.